0: Yo, this is after Rose of Guns Roses. Hey, this
1: is Carmen Alexa.
0: Hi, this is Girl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal double G. Hi,
1: this is Don Salad.
0: Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's
2: up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey,
1: yo, yo, yo.
2: Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat. is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast
0: now. You're listening to The Sports Beat. With Richard Holdridge.
1: Good afternoon to all you sports fans in the Chattahoochee Valley. My name is Richard Holdridge, and I am the host of The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. I've got a special show. This is the 2022 high school football edition of The Sports Beat. I know they have a lot of scrimmages this weekend, but I'm excited because my two guests are the WRBL sports team. You know them as Rex Castillo and Jack Patterson. Rex and Jack. Welcome to the show. What's up, Always a pleasure to be here. Oh, I really am excited about high school football, and I'm glad you guys can join me on this show to talk about high school football in the Chattahoochee Valley. But before we begin, what preparation goes into producing a show like The Prep Zone? Getting all that highlighted footage, and and how much help do you have?
0: So, with 50 high schools in the area, obviously we have to be tuned into what's going on. Um, but it is, it's such a labor of love because you know how much high school football matters in this area. And for us, it's, it's a matter of just being able to really tap into which games, unfortunately we can't beat everything, but which games we think are the must see games around the area, all these teams, it makes it tough because there are so many good teams in the area, but for us, we really have to bear down and understand, all right, what are the storylines? What teams could we really identify as? real legitimate contenders in the area and what games matter the most to our community. So when it comes to that, uh, Jack and I, we scowl through all these schedules. We look at what's going on. It's a chore, maybe someone would think, but for us, it's really just, it's exciting because you get to talk about football. You get to talk about these communities. You get to talk about these matchups and what future stars we'll see. And then at the same time, it's sometimes you have to like bite the bullet. Like, what can we do? What can't we do? Because we want to do everything. But when it comes to our help, I mean, sure, Jack and I are the ones on screen, but it is such an army that we're so lucky to have. On any given night, we'll have maybe six shooters, six or seven people helping us get games, get highlights. And since all those games start at relatively the same time, 7.30 for Georgia, 8 p.m. Eastern for Alabama, it's, uh, it becomes craziness because we all go out at the same time and then we all try to get back in house before 10 o'clock. And then everybody edits their video at the same time or at least as much as they can. But then it's up to Jack and I to curtail those other, uh, those scripts, how we would say them on air. Then it comes the absolute insanity of tracking down accurate scores. Shout out to all the schools that use Twitter or social media platforms to give updated scores and to all the people that text us scores. God bless you. Uh, It is a labor of love, though. This is not something that if you come into it, you know, half-hearted or you think you can just lollygag your way through it, you're going to fall flat on your face. So it really is – it's not – sure, it's not ESPN numbers. We don't have those kind of department numbers. But it is a wonderful army of really dedicated and truly talented people.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, just echoing off of what Rex said, you know, it really does take a village to get the prep zone on every Friday night. We have a lot of people who, you know, give up their Friday nights to go out and shoot these games. And, you know, we have a blast doing it. You know, it's a team effort with a lot of production guys who um, help us out, you know, and go out and shoot games for us. And then we have people back in the building who come in and, you know, help us get scores, our producer. You know, you get one thing you have to keep in mind is a lot of people that go out and shoot for us on Friday nights still have other responsibilities within the show for the 11 o'clock newscast. So it's not just that, you know, everything just goes away because we're doing the prep zone on Friday nights, you know a lot of people doing double duty so to speak. So, you know, these guys they are the real MVPs of the prep zone. Without them the prep zone doesn't happen.
1: Oh, I can imagine Cody Nickel and Sacra Gray out there with the camera huh. helping you guys out. Uh, that would be awesome. It's a team effort. I mean, I'm always seeing uh, just somebody from uh, WRBL out there at the game. Of course, I call Russell County Games. This year I'm calling the high school game of the week for the CW Channel 38. But, gentlemen, I really want to get into week one because we do have some incredible matchups. And I'm going to go over a top ten list. I created this on my Twitter page. Uh, the top ten teams from East Alabama and the top ten teams from West Georgia. And I just want you guys to tell me what you think. Well, let's start with week one because we kick things off on Thursday night. You got two games in the Columbus area. One's going to be played at Memorial Stadium. One's going to be played at Kennett Stadium. Carver and Hardaway, and then you got Marion County and Shaw. Jack, you went to Shaw. Uh, My girls will go to Shaw because that's where we live. Jack, I guess you and I are Shaw fans, right?
2: Well, first things first, Richard, as you'll soon find out when your girls make make their way up to Shaw, that once a Raider, always a Raider, okay? There you go. So you will find that out in short order about the Shaw family. Secondly, you know, Shaw is going to be – really intriguing to watch. You know, that team has gone through so much in the offseason with the passing of Coach Pellegrino. You know, Blair Harrison, the former Brookstone coach, the longtime Brookstone coach, has taken over over there. And, you know, they don't really make a playbook for what Shaw has gone through over the last couple of months. But, you know, talking with the team at, at Muskogee County Media Days a couple of weeks ago, they're ready. They're ready for the upcoming season. You know, they're ready to get out there on the field and play. So that's what we're looking – that's what I'm looking for for Shaw. And then carver Hardaway. I feel like that is just going to be a great game week one. Two of the, you know, better teams in our area going at it, you know, and it's a non-region game now. That's another thing to keep, it, keep in mind on is that a lot of these Muskogee County rivalries that we're so used to are not region matchups anymore. So – That's something to keep an eye on as well. The classification has changed. You
1: have Spencer, Kendrick, and Jordan. They moved down to 2A. you got Carver and Columbus that moved down to 3A. Hardaway and Shaw have stayed put. They're in 4A. And the north side of Harris County are in 5A. But, uh, Rex, I want to talk about, like, what do you guys do when it comes to picking the high school game of the week? And if you want, I can help you out. Because (laughs) week one, we got Opelika and Callaway. We got Glenwood and St. Ampicelli. I don't know if you guys can do a high school game of the week on a Thursday night. We also have Troop County and Harris County. What do you think the high school game of the week will be for week one? Well,
0: I, there are times where Jack and I will come into the office and like, dude, you thinking this for game of the week? Absolutely, we'll do this for game of the week. There are other times we're on opposite sides of the spectrum and we you know, have a heated and passionate debate about what's going on. But it's always just great to see you like to get another person's point of view. It really is a team effort. Um, so when it comes down to game of the week, there are some traditional games that you can't not do as your game of the week for example, the Heritage Bowl, you can't, you can't keep, skip that one. Central versus Auburn, those are games you have to make sure that you get to. The battle for the Brucelli jug, Kelly, and Brookstone, always games that you can do. For us, you know, we're really thinking that towards the top of the, our list is pacelli versus Glenwood is up there. We, we haven't fully announced it just yet. The, uh, the reason why behind that is um, since a lot of schools in the Class 1A private sector that, that was there Uh, Last season, they weren't allowed to compete with a lot of schools in the East Alabama uh, region that basically the same realm as them, smaller private schools with a lot of athletic tradition. So when you see Patelli versus Glenwood, I remember coming here to this area very, very early on, like four or five years ago, and I was like, what would happen if these two sides clashed? could never happen just because of the GHSA regulations. Now that Pacelli and a bunch of other schools are in the GIAA, we're seeing a bunch of these AISA schools. That's the private uh, school league here in the Chattahoochee Valley to say, you know what, let's line up and see what happens. So Glenwood versus Pachelli is so intriguing to me. And, We try to stay away from doing Thursday games just because the prep zone does air on on Friday, but that doesn't mean we can't do live shots on a Thursday game because there's so much good talent and so many good matchups to kick off the football season and we're so excited. So that's kind of where we're at. Uh, Ryan Nelson over there with Glenwood. uh, His family's had a lot of uh, roots the East Alabama area. He used to be an assistant coach under head coach Jamie DeBose with the Central Red Devils and they went on to win the HSAA Class 7A State Championship. So he has a lot of uh, winning in his DNA, his coaching DNA. And then you go over St. Ann Pacelli and they've turned things around, absolutely. So, it's really interesting to see what will happen on Friday night. And it also goes to show you, you don't have to have the most numbers in the world in your student population to have good football.
2: You know, To piggyback on what Rick said, you know, that Glenwood-Pacelli game has just so many storylines that you can go with. You know, Pacelli, they had great seasons the last couple of years under Dwight Jones, the former Russell County coach, former Harris County coach. And then Ryan Nelson coming over to Glenwood, you know, he's Got you know, you Rex, you talked about it. he's got it—the coaching in his DNA. You know, his dad used to coach at Central One, the all-time winningest coach. Of the baseball field's named after the man. I mean, so absolutely, you know, I I I think we're steering towards Glenwood Pacelli, but you know, by all means, we still got some conversations to have about who's going to be game the week, week one.
1: And they just published the rankings for the state of Alabama, and there's no surprise. They got Thompson ranked number one. They are the three-time state champion out of Alabaster, Alabama. Central is ranked number two. You've got a top-five matchup. Two games, actually. Central hosting Hewitt-Trustville at Garrett Harrison Stadium on Friday, and then Auburn hosting Hoover at duck Sanford Stadium in Auburn, Alabama. I-, I know that you guys tend to like to get the regional games for high school game of the week. Are those – matchups being considered for high school game of the week that week
0: they are but at the same time like we have to find out what our resources at but you know you're right those
1: are games that we'll be at for sure but they're in they're in consideration for sure all right and we have to talk about the central red devils uh, i believe they're going to compete for a state title in 7a i look at 7a region 2 and that feels like the group of death like you know how you're world cup fans you know about the group of death you got teams in that region that compete for a state title just about every year enterprise prattville auburn and now you're welcoming opa and robert e lee and you know i call games for smith station trying to give the panthers a little bit of optimism i've said on my podcast i think that the smith station panthers are better this year i see them winning four games but it's going to be tough especially when you have a gauntlet of a schedule but i mean what do you think about that region It, it just just great programs, especially here in the Chattahoochee Valley, competing for a state title just about every year.
2: Richard, it was already the group of deaf before they decided to throw Opelika and Lee into this region, okay? And This is absolutely crazy. It's probably the toughest region of any region we cover in our area, and that's a high bar this year. And honestly, there's going to be good teams in that region that are not going to make the playoffs. It's, it's a fact. You know, you're there's only four spots, and you know that when you already have two top five teams in Central and Auburn already in the region. You know, you figure those two teams are going to make the playoffs, So, and then you've got powerhouses like Opelika, who perennially made the playoffs in 6-8. You have Enterprise, who perennially makes the playoffs. You have Prattville, who perennially makes the playoffs. Like, you have Lee, that perennially makes the playoffs. You know, something's got to give. So, by all means, I... And you know, I think about a team like Smith Station, like you said, who has gotten better, who is getting better. Okay, but when you're going up against such a stacked region, that is sometimes hard to see those games. So I, you know, I like what Smith Station is doing, and this goes for any team in that region. It's just a tall tax to have success in that region. has success in that region.
0: Coach Mike Glessen brought up an excellent point, and I thought this was really funny. Actually, him and Eric Speakman that people do not call them when they want to have non-region games. They just stay away from Smith Station and Opelika. To to allude to what Jack, to piggyback what off Jack just said, was that these guys are used to top-class competition. I'm on the same boat, is that Smith Station is doing, is making the absolute right moves, making the absolute right um, steps to become a better program. It's just tough that you lined up in a region with Auburn High and Central High School, who are sending guys to Power 5 programs. You're seeing talent that will flourish on Saturdays on those football Fridays, and it's really crazy. The thing is, as good as we thought Caleb Nix and the central uh, offense and defense was last season, flat out, Thompson was just better. Like, the starting quarterback was going to UNC and the backup was going to another Power 5, and one of their best wide receivers was going to Utah. That's a lot to stop. So when you go over there, and Auburn High is now the same way. They have They're, they're going to have kids. If they don't go through a Power 5 program, it would be a disappointment. So it's one of those things that you're just in a version of the SEC. You're face, if this was the SEC Futures League, that's very much fair to call it that. So Smith Station, those kids are not going to shy away from anything. I think they have all the experience in the world. And Coach uh, Glisson brought it up, too, is that they lost four or five games by single digits. So one or two plays in each game. Those four losses turn into four wins, and then that, we're talking about a team that's knocking on the door of the playoffs. Adding Opelika in there, some people were like, oh, my gosh, they're moving up to 7A from 6A. Coach Speakman and a lot of his staff and a lot of people in that community were like, no, this is where we've been doing this. Like, we're, we're used to being up in 7A. They hate play Auburn every year. They're starting off this, the season playing Callaway, who happens to be a state championship contender. So – no one is scared of competition. That's what I love about this region is that in high school football, everyone leans into iron sharpens iron. Your best versus our, uh, our best. Spot the, spot the ball and we'll see what happens. And I think that's such a great mentality to have on a football Friday because you get some of the best competition in the world. And I, I'll be honest, it's, it's really great to be a, a sports reporter or a sports anchor in this region because you have so much great talent around. And uh, look uh, for Smith Station fans. If you want to be optimistic, I believe you have. You're in the right direction. It's just you're going to be the David against the Goliath of Thompson versus Central and and Auburn and Richard. We're talking to some other beat writers in the Alabama and in Alabama who cover that uh, that state a little bit more than we do because we have to split our resources with Georgia. People are saying Thompson could win it again.
1: Yeah, you know, that would be four times in a row. I mean, they have a tough schedule too. They got to play Buford. The state champion out of Georgia, 6A. And they also got to play David Lipscomb Academy out of Nashville, Tennessee. So Thompson's got a pretty uh, tough schedule as well.
0: But think about what it means to even put those dudes on the
1: schedule. To even put those dudes on the schedule, Thompson's like, you know what? Bring it. Absolutely. And let's talk about Central's schedule because they're going to play IMG Academy on September the 23rd. That game is going to be nationally televised. You got three players for Central that are according to Rivals.com one of the best players in the state of Alabama AJ Harris the talented corner he's going to Georgia the talented wide receiver Carmelo English he's committed to Auburn and recently defensive end Tamarian Parker has decommitted from Penn State but that that is just great talent by a a team led by head coach Patrick Nix and then that team is going to compete for a state title once again.
0: Once again, I mean, when we just talked about talent in the Power Five, you have those three guys who are going to make differences at the next level. I, You know, A.J. Harris, we've seen him compete at the AISA level. Really excited to see what he can do here. IMG needs to know that Central is not Bishop Sycamore, and it's (laughs) one of these teams that, like, Central can play. They they go toe-to-toe with Auburn. Auburn almost, like, there were times where Auburn, I thought, had the game in hand against IMG, and this is the team that beat Auburn. So Central is going to welcome in IMG in a big, big game environment. But Central's used to that big game environment, and that's a get your popcorn ready for that game. That's going to be so much fun to see what happens. And um, we'll definitely be there. I think this will be one of the toughest matches IMG has on their schedule, bar none.
1: I also think this is going to be the toughest ticket to get in the Chattahoochee Valley. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, AJ
2: Harris, the founding member of the News Three, do not kick it to him list. You know, his athleticism is unparalleled, whether he's, you know, on special teams or he's playing playing as a DB. You know, he is just an incredible, incredible talent. And there's a reason why so many schools were after him in his recruiting process. And then when you have Carmelo English, a guy who has consistently gotten better year after year, and I look for much of the same this year. You know, obviously wide receiver one when it comes to the Red Devils and then Tamarion Parker. You know another guy who is you know we're we're gonna be hearing a lot more about him, especially now that he's go, not for sure going to Penn State. You know his recruitment is going to be opening back up. He's going to be one of the top recruits, not just in the area but in the country. You know, as uh, schools buy to see if they'll if he'll uh, pick them for where he's going to play his college football.
1: All right, gentlemen. Well, I actually created a top ten. Uh, the top 10 teams, this is according to me. You guys can agree with me if you want, or you could debate whether or not. Basically, I did it based on prestige and pathway to their prospective state champion. So I know the argument could be, well, you got Chambers Academy in here, and Smith Station's a 7A program, and they could beat Chambers. Well, so I'm going to start with Georgia. I actually put Callaway number one. And the reason why I put Callaway number one, because I think their path to the state title is a little bit easier than Carver. Carver is number two, still a great team. They moved down to 3A. But I think that Crisp County is going to give them problems. They are a, one of those teams in their region that a lot of sports riders are picking them to finish first. And, you know, they still have the same tradition, the same, same program. Head coach Pierre Coffey in his first year coming from Chattahoochee County. Uh, number three, I got Troop County. You know, I watched highlights of their scrimmage game. Todd is as good as advertised. I've had head coach Tanner Glisson on the podcast. I think Troop County is going to have a monster year. I got LaGrange number four, Hardaway number five, St. Ampicelli number six, Harris County number seven, Brookstone number eight, Manchester number nine, Greenville number 10. What do you guys think of that list?
2: I'll say this is a. That-
1: You know, I agree with a lot of the teams on that list, but there's one
2: team that you're missing that I think a lot of people are sleeping on, and that's the Sly County Wildcats.
1: Yes, out of Ellaville. Oh, you know what? When I was actually doing this list, I thought about that. You know, Eufaula reached out to me when I posted my list on Twitter. Well, what about us? And I'm like, you're right. Ufala is in the Chattahoochee Valley. But Sly County, you're right. They have got to make my list. I'm going to update this list every week. That's a very good team. I I think Sly County needs to be in here as well. I think Sly County is a state
2: title contender this year. You know, they have Jay Canezaro coming back. They have DeLewis Solomon coming back. They have a stout defense. I I really think that this is a talented team. You know, a lot of people don't think about them because they're down in Ellaville, but I think this is a really talented team that's going to open some eyes in Class 1A, and I really think that this could be the year for Sly County to make a deep run, if not win it all.
0: I, I have to lean with Jack on that one as well, just because Sly County is one of those teams that people will it will go under go under the radar just because they aren't the, they don't have the numbers of like a Harris County or LaGrange or, or Troop County, but they know how to ball. Darren Alford does a wonderful job of finding talent, these diamonds in the rough and making them into this real great contender. With the Wildcats maybe getting to the third or fourth round, I you know that could be a surprise to me at all. With Callaway, that's a tough one to beat at number one. I mean, Cal is just this absolute factory that, that believe in their way, that believes in the Cavs' way of doing things. And Carver, there are a lot of questions at Carver. But with our ser- episode, ser- uh, episodic series, this limited series called In the Trenches, we're finding out that kids learned so much from that senior group that took them to the state championship game. And we talked to um, Jamari Riley, who was the running back behind Flip Creel. Jamari wants to be better than Flip. And a lot of people are looking – a lot of the coaches told me, like, he has the potential to be as good not or even better – uh, as foot. Yeah, I think definitely like you look at Sly County and see what they can do, and who who else knows what could happen at the end of the day. But I'm really interested also to see what this GIAA, uh, new, this new league that's formed, how far schools like Brooks and can go. Solid <hailing> list, though. I'll say that.
1: My list is going to change every week. I kind of amended my list after having media days for both Georgia and Alabama, and several teams had scrimmages. We're going to have more scrimmages this weekend, and then we get into games next week. Moving on to the top 10 in Alabama, I'm a little biased because I call games for Russell County, but I got Central number one. I mean, that there's a clear number one. It's the Central Red Devils, followed by Auburn. I got Opelika number three. I think Opelika still, even though they're making that jump from 6A to 7A, I still think that they are a legit playoff contender. I got Glenwood number four. Remember, they are going to compete for a state title at the, the AISA, so I got them on here. Let's see what they do against Pacelli. I got Chambers Academy, number five. They are a 2A program. They won 10 games last year. I think the Chambers Academy, now that they're in Glenwood's division, let's see how they do. I got Russell County, number six. Eufaula, number seven. Lynette, number eight. Then I've got Hanley, number nine. And I got Lochapoca, number 10.
2: I like that Lochapoca pick. I really
1: like it. I think they're going to be a team that's going to catch some people by
2: surprise this year. Another team that I would be on the lookout for that is not on the list, I would look out for Lee Scott. They have 16 returning players, returning starters who from last season. And I don't care whether it's the AISA or the AHSAA, you know, 1A or 7A. You know, to have that much talent coming back from a team that went to the semifinals last year, that's a lot. And I really think that Lee Scott could be a sleeper state title contender in year three under Buster Daniel.
0: To have that much come back, especially at that level where, you know, private schools don't have that many people to pull from, that that really is a really interesting matchup to see what will happen with Lee Scott. Really interested to see how, they, how their season unfolds. Lynette, though, for me, it's tough to keep them outside of the top five personally just because we've seen what Coach Story can do with any given talent. Lynette not going to the state championship game is almost an, an anomaly. And these kids, I, I don't know what he does with them at practice or what's in the water. At Lynette, they just know how to ball. And that's in football and in basketball. They're always, they always seem to be sniffing the final four of the championship game. Really interested to see what the Panthers will do. That's the team I'm keeping my eye on. Loja Poga has come out and said flat out, it's state championship or bust for us. And we're like, Coach, you just got to the first round. What's going on? I was like, Nope. The poke away says we get to the state championship or nothing. All right, that's what the man says. Uh, Auburn High School and Central, always great picks to be towards the top of that list. And I think you're right that Central has so much firepower coming back. Their biggest question mark, though, has to be a quarterback. Without Caleb Nix there, we're going to see who can be the man to lead the reins of this. And I think this might be one of the first times Coach Nix has not had one of his sons on the team. So I'm really interested to see what Coach Nix can do with all the time. I mean, he's a, an amazing coach. State championships at Pinson Valley, constantly led Central to deep runs. And I think he's going to do great again um, this season. Always a really good time at uh, Central uh, to see what they can do.
1: The Prep Zone will air Friday night, August the 19th. I know that there's going to be a lot of games you guys are going to cover. And I know on the Thursday night uh, sports broadcast. You got some Thursday night games that you'll be able to get some highlights for, including Carver and Hardaway, Marion County and Shaw. And then you also have Realtown and Tallahassee. And then I'm calling the LaGrange-Smith Station game. So uh, just remember me when you guys are actually doing the broadcast Thursday night.
2: Absolutely, Richard. We will we'll give you a shout out. And All don't right. forget, we got Lee Scott Chambers Academy on that Thursday night too. So a loaded, a loaded stack for the first Thursday night of the year. You know, no warming up in the bullpen, as they like to say.
1: That is right. I did have it in my notes. It is on a Thursday night. How about the doubleheader on Saturday? You got Lo Chapoca taking on Lafayette and then Notasoldula taking on Lynette. What I
0: love about that is that these are those are some smaller communities that will that all love football. No Lo Chapoca, um, Lafayette, and Lynette. All these teams that are relatively close to each other, but because their towns are so small. They don't cross paths as much. Morgan Watchburn Stadium in Lynette, Alabama is going to be lit. It's going to be crazy with great football and even more passionate fans. Can't wait to see what will happen that Saturday.
1: And how about Spencer going up to Greenville? That's going to be a very interesting game. And I think that is – that a uh, matchup like that – is made possible
2: by the reclassification that the GHSA just went under. You're going to see matchups that you normally would not see. You know, Spencer Greenville matchup is intriguing to me in so many ways. You know, Spencer, you got to remember Spencer's got the leading passer in class Four a Gary Gaither coming back and they have athleticism all over the place. They have eight players from the state championship basketball team on the football team this year. So I, I, you know, I think especially in class two A in a new region, I think Spencer is going to be a team that you're going to have to watch out for. You know, a lot of people have, you know, they haven't really thought of Spencer in years past, especially since Pierre Coffey loves Spencer to go to Chaco. You know, I really think that this could be the year under Joe Kegler where the Spencer Green Wave make their return to the playoffs. And
0: when you're talking about a program that, that's proud and tradition, Spencer's a Spencer's a community that just celebrated a state championship in basketball, but they're hungry for more success everywhere else. And especially in football, Uh, a lot of the Spencer alum, while happy for the city of Columbus, it's tough to root for the Carver Tigers if you're a Spencer green wave. It it just is. So at this point, Spencer wants to claim something of their own. It's been a while since they won uh, the heritage bowl because it's been so dominated by the Carver Tigers in recent years. So really, Derry Gaither, as a kid who threw for over 2,000 yards and coming back with experience uh, on his on his side and a lot of experience around uh, around him as well. Tyson McDaniel is is one of the beasts of a wide receiver. He was a beast on the basketball court, a, a monster target that can moss anybody. I think that it's going to be a really interesting t- time to see what the Spencer Green Wave can do on the, on the great iron.
1: And gentlemen, I could not have you guys on my podcast without talking about Russell County. I know they got their jamboree game uh, on the 19th. They will kick off week two as they will host Harris County. It is a border war. I'll be on the call in Seal, Alabama. I'm actually going to check out Harris County taking on LaGrange in a scrimmage this Friday night uh, just to check them both out because I'm calling the Smith Station LaGrange game, and that way I'll, I'll be able to have some uh, material for those two teams. But I got to ask you, I know we're getting ahead of ourselves week two. We haven't even started week one yet to pick the high school game of the week. But I know Spencer plays Carver in week two. And you have Brookstone taking on Glenwood. But is Harris County, Russell County, in consideration for your high school game of the week?
0: It always is. We'll have to see what happens come week two. And maybe you can just stay tuned to WRB on News 3 Sports at 6 and 11 p.m. You should find out what the game of the week is.
1: That is called a tease. Wow. Rex, That's 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 a deep tease. Wow. Rex, I'm impressed.
0: I got you. Always find the opportunity to, to to you know to sell out the uh, the highlight factory here at WRBL News Three. Shameless plugs. We're
2: masters at all Th- those games
0: with Russell County. What the revolution that's happening at Russell County cannot be ignored. What Dylan Griggs has done with that program basically turned a detour in a lot of people's minds for a school, maybe an easy win, into a a community, a program that people can be proud of. And I think that is invaluable to what he's doing in seal Alabama. A lot of people would have shied away from that opportunity. Dylan Griggs, another Jamie DeBose member from the coaching tree, a guy who understands winning understands culture, but understands that we have to do this for the County. We have to do this for our school and we have to do this for the people in the stands and our community that loves on us. I think that's just a really special moment. And just shout out to Dylan Griggs and the coach he is and the coaching staff that he has, He was a guy that was looking for a coaching opportunity and look what he's done with it. It's been amazing to
2: see the Warriors turn this around. And absolutely, you know, just piggybacking off of what Rex said, what has happened with this program? We're talking about a team where it was normal for them to win one or two or three games in a season. And, you know, we see Russell County last year on the fringe of the playoffs in year one under Dylan Griggs. And. The opportunity is there for Russell County to make a big splash this year. They've got a lot of talent coming back, as always. You know, we're talking about all the star players on that team. I can't wait to see what year two looks like for this team. You know, the confidence is still there. the The school has made the investment into the program. You see all the things that have changed with this program. If you haven't seen it, just take one look at their Twitter account. You'll see it all. But you see everything that's changed around this program and this school. It's really simple is that Russell County is all in when it comes to sports, specifically football at this point.
1: Everybody's all in, and they're supporting them as much as they can. And they also have weapons. Robert Calhoun returns as the junior quarterback. Drew Pickett, the three-star running back, has committed to Wake Forest. He's a highlight reel. And they got a wide receiver by the name of A.J. Black. I don't know if you guys heard of this guy, but uh, you guys have a cool saying that I, I just I just ran with it. It's just awesome. Rex, what, what do you do?
0: Always bet on Black, y'all.
1: Exactly. Oh, that's incredible. I, I cannot wait to actually get up in the booth and actually do play-by-play for uh, CTV Beam this year. I know I was the public address announcer last season, but being the voice of Russell County, it just means a lot to me, and I'm just really – excited about looking forward to this high school football season i would love to catch some thursday night games as well i don't know guys you, you think you guys can uh can hook it up and uh get some press credentials you know I, I do have a thriving podcast that talks about high school football i think i could probably get some press credentials
0: we'll see what we can do here buddy and <laughs> the good work that you keep on doing i'm sure you're gonna go you're gonna go far and uh, that community is incredibly
1: lucky to have you thanks rex I really do appreciate that. But, but before we close, I really I've had I've had this has really been on my mind because it com- completely shocked me. Um, we're, we're losing just a broadcasting icon here in Columbus. The departure of Zach DeBozart has really rocked me. Um, he has just done so much. And, and w- what do you think about Zach DeBozard and his legacy? He's leaving behind here in the Fountain City.
2: I mean, you know, like I said on uh, Sports Visions earlier this week, You know, he is the soundtrack for the return of hockey and baseball to the city of Columbus. You know, for, you know, and that goes down in history. He's a part of Columbus sports history forever on. So, by all means, he did an incredible job. He's always a pro's pro. And, you know, It's going to be different watching a River Dragons game or listening to a Chattahoo's game and not hearing his voice. It's going to be different. And, you know, obviously, I think the city will embrace whoever comes in to follow in his footsteps. But, man, those are huge shoes to fill.
1: Absolutely. It
0: was the right guy at the right time with the right passion and the right voice to bring all that back and all that tradition back. You can't fault somebody for wanting to pursue their career though. As talented as he was, uh, as talented as he is and as good as he is, it was kind of a ticking clock for me that like Zach's ready for a really big break. It's tough to say goodbye, but it's always really great to be a cheerleader for somebody and to see them thrive at the next level. And I think what we can do uh, to do him justice and to do this community justice is celebrate his, his success and celebrate his future success it's going to be wonderful to see where he goes next and to know that he'll always be tied in with this community is something special
1: rex i could not agree more i've actually had a little tribute to zach on my podcast he's been a guest on my show i called in to sports visions on monday and just told zach what he meant to me and i really just enjoyed listening to him call the river dragons in the chat and and he's moving on to bigger better things but he will be missed here in columbus Definitely will be. All right. Well, before I let you gentlemen go, tell all my audience where they could find you. Jack, why don't you take off with it, sir? Yes,
2: sir. So you can follow us on Twitter at J Patterson TV, at RexCastillo TV. Of course, the WRBL Sports account at WRBL Sports. And, of course, watch us on WRBL News 3, to CBS affiliate here in the Chattahoochee Valley. We got you covered on sports seven days a week. And don't forget to check out In the Trenches on WRBL.com right now. Rex has done an incredible job with that. And Rex, tell them a little bit about that. I appreciate
0: you, sir. So In the Trenches is our in-depth look at what the pre- what it takes to be a Carver Tiger and what this group plans to do as an encore to make it to the state championship game. While a lot of names like DJ Riles and Flip Creedle aren't there anymore or even Corey Joyner are not there anymore, this group is just as dedicated to get back to the state championship game and even bring it back to the school on the hill. Episodes one and two on WRBL.com, we, meet, we got an in-depth look at Coach Pierre Coffey and what he's bringing to the culture. We also met the future leaders on the team. In episode two, in episode three, I'll give you a little bit of a tease right now. It's all about the work. They say success is an uphill battle. Well, Carver's had a lot of practice at going uphill. More on that on Friday.
1: Gentlemen, I got to say, this has been a successful podcast. Just great content as we get ready for the high school football season. I cannot wait. I'm looking forward to hearing the prep zone to hear more of what you guys are doing in the Valley covering high school football.
0: Richard, absolute pleasure doing this. I really, really, really appreciate what you do for this community and the work that you're doing with your
2: podcast, my friend. Exactly. Same here. It's always a blast being on here, Richard. And I obviously
1: can't wait to tee it up and kick things off in just about 10 days. All right. Thanks, gentlemen. That was WRBL's Rex Castillo and Jack Patterson. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to the podcast. I hope that you have a great rest of your day. Enjoy the high school football season. Uh, We cannot wait. We're kicking things off in just a couple of days. Hope everybody has a great rest of your day, and I'm out of here.
2: You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been The Sports Beat with your host, Richard Holdry. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.